Father, we give you thanks for, Lord, the special sense of your presence in our midst this morning. Lord, we pray that you would intensify your presence and you would quicken your word to our hearts. Lord, we ask, as we've lifted all the requests before you this morning for provision for Andy and Ruth, Lord, for direction, Lord, for Lid's aunt, O oh God, for Sandra's colleague, for Ben's granda, for Naomi in our midst, touch her today, for Tracy at home, Lord, we pray for a touch upon her, for Kim, O oh, Father, and the family that you draw around them, Lord. Lord, that you would comfort those that mourn. Oh, God, for this family in the shank, oh, Lord, we're just praying again, Lord. Lord, would you draw very near this morning. Lord, for this missioning Desert Martin, Lord, for this man Andrew, believing for a miracle, Lord, we thank you that you're more than able. Oh, God, we ask for your anointing this morning, both to preach and to hear your word. And, Lord, may your name be lifted up, Lord, that wonderful name of Jesus. We ask all these mercies. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bible this morning, we're going to turn to Galatians chapter 6 and read from verse 7 to 9. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 6 and verses 7 to 9. I want to, before we read it, I want to talk just for a couple of moments. I'm going to speak on the power is in the choice. The power is in the choice. You know, in the world, you'll often hear things said goes around in conversation. Um, some of those statements are something like this. What goes around comes around. Have you ever heard that? The world have these sayings that they say. Um, another one is you can stew in one's own juices. In other words, it's your own fault and you're going to have to stew in it. Another one is you make your bed and you lie in. You know that one, don't you? And these sayings are, are common in worldly terms. And there's power in the choice. This is really important. There's power in a choice, both for good and for bad. Not true? A person's actions, whether they, good, whether they be good or bad, or the decisions or the choices they make, have consequences in our lives. Sometimes things happen to us that are not our choosing. But let me not just move on because it's so important. It's what you do when they happen and the choices you make in that that are important. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so it's how even at times we react, how we choose to react in circumstances or things that happen to us, the decisions we make in that and the power is in the choice. There seems to be a consensus, even in worldly terms, that there's a law at work. There's a law working. That our actions, that our choices have consequences for our life. Isn't that true? Someone prayed, I think it was Joe on Wednesday night, in Hosea chapter 8, and this is not a worldly statement or a fable or a, just something that a man has created. This is the living Word of God, God's Word. They have sown the wind and they shall reap the whirlwind. We looked on Wednesday night that our nation is reaping what it is sown by the laws that they have passed against and contrary to God's word. Today we are reaping what has been sown as a nation. So there is a law that is at work. 
In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, it says these words, and this is not just a fable, this is the living word of God. This is God's truth. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You see, there's a law working here. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap, praise the Lord, everlasting life. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season the Word of God says we shall reap if we faint not. So we see a law, a law that is at work. The law of seed time and harvest. In Genesis chapter 8, if you go back for a moment, you'll see that God has universally set these laws that are working today. Genesis 8, 22. And these will work while the earth remains, until Christ comes, until there's a new heaven and there's a new earth. Genesis 8, 22. The Lord said, while the earth remaineth, there will be seed time and there will be harvest. There will be cold and there will be heat. There will be summer and there will be winter. There will be day and there will be night and they will not cease. There is the laws that God has set in his creation that function. And this is why the earth remains. So what you really must be aware is that there are laws operating that run on the basis of the decisions or the choices that you make in your life. You know, when you're young and you don't have a lot of big choices to make, everything's largely provided for you. You get up, you eat your breakfast, your mum's your lunch made, you go out to school, you come home, dinner's on the table. It's just great. Then you start to edge into when you're about 14 or 15 and they begin to ask you questions like, what do you want to do when you leave school? And some people do know what they want to do, but largely I think, if you're like me, I was like, I don't know. But you're faced then with choices and choices have a profound effect on your life, whether that be for good or whether that be for bad. You see, in our country, we see the choices that men have made that has affected not only them, but it also affects the generation after that, and the generation after that, and the generation after that. For over 300 years now, we have still been marching and fighting over a war that took place because, you understand what I'm saying? And that's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. You listen all the, this week we're talking about the troubles and what you find out so often is a lot of people ended up in trouble because of their fathers and their father's father. And so the hatred and the bigotry and the sin that we see in our nation, it runs, it seems to run from father to son, father to son, father to son. It's inbred in us. Because there's the law of the harvest. Do you know what I'm saying this morning? And so we see that sectarianism and bigotry and hatred. And there's many reasons why people can say they have, they can be sectarian or hateful. 
But you see, you make a choice, don't you? Now, this goes back to this law. In Exodus chapter 20, I want you to follow with me this morning. Exodus 20, verse 5. When God was given the law, and he said in Exodus 20, verse 5, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, other gods, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Then this is what he says. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation. The curse of sin. The curse of sin. We go from one generation to the next and to the following of them that hate me. But verse 6 is a really important verse. If I stop there, then there'd be no hope. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So you see a law is working here. And the law of sin. We see it in families. We see it in the brokenness of families. We see often, not always, but we see often when there's been a breakdown in a family unit that the families that follow after that, there's often a break in also their families. We find it with alcohol. We see the disease of alcohol, the sin of alcoholism in families. We see a father was an alcoholic and the son becomes an alcoholic and the son's son becomes an alcoholic because the sin is running through the family. But God's saying, I'm willing to show mercy to thousands for them that make a choice. That there is a way that it doesn't have to follow on to our children and our children's children. This verse is quoted again in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And also we see that Moses, in Numbers 14, I want you to turn there, that Moses took this verse and he presented it to God at a time of rebellion amongst Israel. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 17, this is what Moses said. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, you said, God, the Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, and by no means will clear the guilty. He'll visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generation. Now Moses says this, Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, what to, according unto the greatness of thy, would you say this next word, mercy. Mercy. Lord, unless you, you come and I understand this morning the revelation of the mercy of your greatness, the greatness of your mercy, and thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. Now the Lord responds to the plea of Moses, verse 20. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. The very desire of God God's desire was mercy. His desire, the greatness of his mercy. I'll show mercy to thousands of them that love me and make a choice to keep my commandments. Now through the Lord Jesus Christ, there's mercy for all. Every chain and every cycle can be broken through the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is important. I want you to follow this. And Zacharias was the father of John the Baptist. In Luke chapter 1, verse 67, he sang a song. This was his song. If you turn over, you can read it. 
Luke chapter 1 and verse 67. It says there that his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost, prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. And he had raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Verse 72 is important because this here is the choice. And here is the miracle, and here is the mercy to break the cycle in a life and in the subsequent lives that come from us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. This is all found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ to perform the mercy. How many need mercy? We need the mercy of God, right? So we see a cycle in our nation of hatred, bigotry, sin, destruction, broken families, broken homes, broken children, alcoholism, drug addiction, running through family after family, despair. And the, and the answer to that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ to perform the mercy that he promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that our father swore. Now, what is that oath? It's found in Genesis 22. And again, these are promises for us. Genesis chapter 22, verse 16. And choices are very important in this. Here's the choice and here's the promise. Genesis 22, Abraham is instructed by the Lord to bring Isaac, his son, the son of promise, to Mount Moriah, to lay him out on that altar, to give his son as a sacrifice to God. Abraham didn't hold back. He's a type of the Father God. Jesus is a type of Isaac. Isaac, a type of Jesus rather. And here we see a beautiful picture of Calvary, Mount Moriah, Genesis 22. And, I, and Abraham was faithful in what he was asked to do. He obeyed God. At verse 16 of Genesis 22, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, and here's the promise, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And I love this next verse, and I know Carol Hannett loves it too. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed, now this is the seed of Abraham, and this is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Here's the promise that God has given us. Here is the mercy that is available to every person on this planet through the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. That your family line might be filled with sin and wretchedness and every type of destruction. 
But this morning, through the blood that we've been singing about, that a man or a woman or a boy or a girl or an orphan that comes through this door can walk into this house this morning, hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, find mercy at the cross, and through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, every law that's working in their lives of sin is broken in an instant. That's the power of the blood. The cycle of sin and destruction is broken. Thank God we've been singing about the blood. Our opening prayer was all about the blood. The cycle of sin and destruction, hatred, sectarianism, every type of vice is broken through the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the covenant, the new covenant in His blood. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 16, and I know some of these things are basic But brothers and sisters, the basics are under attack. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 16. This is the covenant that we're talking about this morning. This is the covenant, Hebrews 10, 16, that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. Now I'll put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I'll write them. Verse 17, would you read it loud? And would you read it clear with me this morning? And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Would you say no more again? Say it again. Get it into your spirit. Their sins and their iniquities. Through the covenant of His blood this morning. Their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. I made an awful lot of bad choices in my life. I was brought up in the way of the Lord. I was taught the things of God from an early age. Mother, father, and grandparents taught me God's way. But I made a lot of bad choices in life. I turned from God. I made those choices. I bore the consequences of that sin. And sin brought me to a low place. But the day and the hour that I cried out of a horrible pit, Lord, would you save me? His hand reached down and he lifted me and broke the chains of sin in my life and washed me in his own precious blood. And the blood's lost none of his ancient power. You see, the Bible says, this is important, you know, because we have to make the right choices according to God's word. The Bible says in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're washed this morning, would you say amen? amen? Praise God this morning that our sins have been all washed away. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we sin, if we sin, 1 John 2 gives us another precious promise. It says, My little children, these things write I unto thee that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate, this is so important, with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is a propitiation for our sins, not only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We have an advocate this morning with the Father. We confess our sins. The blood of Jesus Christ washes us from all sin. And if we fail, 
If we fail, praise God this morning, we have an advocate up in heaven and his name is Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ. I want to make mention of the blood. I want to make a lot about the blood this morning. But the blood, it breaks. It breaks every chain. The blood breaks every fetter. The blood drives out all fear. The blood, that law that's been operating in our lives because of our fathers and our father's father. But when I'm washed in the blood, brothers and sisters, I'm a new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm born again of the Spirit of the living God. The blood this morning breaks every curse. Would you say amen if you believe this? Well, if you don't believe it, I want you to bring it to God's Word. Because Galatians 3 and verse 13, this is the power of the blood this morning. Galatians 3 and 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Thank God this morning, he became a curse for me. And through the blood of Jesus Christ, every curse that may have been or not, I don't know, upon my life. But let me tell you something this morning. Through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, every curse is broken. I'm a new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If any man be in Christ, what is he? He's a new creature. Praise God, are you a new creature this morning? He's a new creature. It's a new life in Jesus. It's a new beginning. It's a new hope. It's a new song. It's a new heart. It's new desires. It's a new vision. It's a new destiny. It's a new purpose. It's a new plan. It's a new family. There are new garments this morning. We have a song in our hearts. That's a new creation. The Bible says all things, what happens? The pass away. Behold. What happens? All things become new. Here's what the Bible says about this newness. It's off the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because His compassions, they feel not. Here's the good news. It's new every morning. It's new every morning. It's not old. It's new every morning. For great is thy faithfulness. The Bible says all things pass away. There's only one person, one agent, There's only one agent or one person that's interested in your past. Only one. Listen to me, this is so important. There's only one person interested in your past. I want to tell you who he is. It's the devil. That's the only person's interested in your past. I met a man a few nights ago. Boys were with me. Haven't seen him in years and years and years. Used to run around with him. He come walking across. No walks never changed. Her styles go, hers go. But the walk, you always recognize the walk. And there he was, dandering across the garage, uh, four court. He comes walking up and says, what about you? I knew it was you. Tell me, how's it going? No. And then we're talking, you know, years ago, we used to run around in big teams of maybe 40 or 50 people, played British Bulldogs, kicked the tin, wrapped the door and run. We played just from night. You couldn't get into the house. You didn't want to eat. You played football. You'd done everything. You built huts, built bonfires. You just terrorized the whole community. And we loved it. And we're running around in big teams of 40 and 50. And then he started standing there. Did you hear about such and such? They're dead. He's hung himself. His liver's gone. That'll be girls. And he just went through a whole list. 
And I sat there and the boys were listening. I sat there and I'm like, my God, thank God for the blood. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. And I haven't been for the blood this morning. I honestly know this. Brothers and sisters, I wouldn't be standing in this place only for the mercy and the grace of God. It was the blood of Jesus Christ that washes me. It's the blood that keeps me. And it's the blood that breaks every part of Satan. And there's only one agent interested in my past. And that's the devil. That's who's interested in my past. He's the accuser of the brethren. Isn't he? I mean, I meet guys, I met one not so long ago, another one, and I've invited them to come. I hope Rigsby comes tonight. If he comes, praise God, his life is just in a mess. But I pray he comes tonight. I met another one, used to build bonfires with. Life is broken. Marriage is broken. Trying to rear three wee kids on his own. A great lad, a nice lad, not saved, knows the gospel. We start to talk, and then often they talk about the past. Listen. My past, my past. I want to forget about my past because God's forgot about it. But there's only one agent interested in your past, Joe. That's the devil. Nobody else. So when someone wants to bring up your past and talk about your past, we're doing something that's an injustice to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an injustice to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do we say? We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Cleanse us what? From all unrighteousness. What was the covenant that we talked about in Hebrews 10 and 16? This is the covenant that I will make with them in those days, saith the Lord. I'll put my laws in their hearts. The laws of sin and the cycle of sin is broken in Jesus' name and by the power of the blood. And in my mind, he's going to write, as a man thinks, that's what he is. You start thinking wrong. You start making the wrong choices. You start going the wrong way. As you think, that's what you become. But if you bring your mind and subject to the Word of God and make a choice, I'm going to believe what God says, no matter what the world say or what the church says. What happens? You start to think right, and something wonderful happens. We'll come to it in a minute. So it says here in Hebrews 10 and 16, I'll put my laws in their hearts, and their sins and iniquities will I remember No more. Would you say remember no more? That's what God says. I will not remember your sins any longer. So we've been talking for a few weeks about things in our lives, leaving our souls, moving forward in God, believing and remember the word commingle. So taking the word of God by faith, mixing the word of God into our hearts. But then there has to be a choice to walk in it. There has to be a choice. I'm going to walk in this. It's not just what is preached on a Sunday, which is important, but I'm going to take God's word, and tomorrow morning I'm going to live in the light of what God says, because that's really important. So it says here that God would remember your sins no more. Listen, we're all debtors, but there's some big debtors. We're all debtors, but now we get a bit religious after a few years. But there's some big debts being wiped clean in here. I mean, there's been some big debts. Okay, my debt was a big debt. And thank God this morning, my debt's been wiped absolutely clean. He says, I remember them no more. Some of you had some big debts. 
And you should express that with thanksgiving and joy like this morning when there's rejoicing and a cry in the house and there should be a leaping and there should be a praising God. Why? Because your debts were big. Some might have smaller debts, but you still needed the blood to cleanse you. Don't get too righteous this morning or self-righteous and think I'm not as bad as Joe over here or bad as Stephen over there. Praise God this morning. We're all debtors. By the grace of God, we're all washed. But you know when you've been forgiven much, you to love much, love him much, and love the brethren much. So there should be a rejoicing about the blood. Like God says, I'll remember. I've just done those word studies and these three words. Remember no more. That might seem simple just to read those three words. But remember, who's interested in your past? Say, come on, don't be afraid to say it. Who's interested in your past? The old deceiver, the old accuser, their brethren. And he hates the blood. So God says, I'll remember. That means to recall to mind. Recall to mind. I know Nikki gets nervous when I meet people that I grew up with. She goes, the next thing she goes to me, what did you do on them? She cringes. I said, no, no, I get on well with them. They like me. She says, are you sure? <laughs> but there's no record of my past in heaven. Let me encourage you. There's no record of your past either. None. Now, some of you, I didn't know your past. I didn't know what you were like in your past. And I don't want to know. Praise God this morning. You're free. So that word remember means God will never, this is what it means, he'll never recall to his mind your sin. Why do we do it? Why do we do it? He'll never recall your sin to his mind. Never. Why do we do it? Sometimes the accuser comes. Sometimes we'll meet someone, we'll walk away. Sometimes we'll think about the days we lived in sin, the awful things, and we'll feel the shame of it. I understand that. Sometimes it's not just like that. Sometimes we're walking around a mountain that God's forgiven us, a mountain of sin, things that we did, how we used to live, and we're walking around this mountain feeling sorry for ourselves, living in guilt and condemnation, the shame of the past, the devil's on our head, he's dancing all over us, and God's saying, I don't recall what you did. I don't recall your sin. There's no record in glory of your sin. Why are you recalling your sin? It's true, isn't it? And then we feel condemned, don't we? Then we feel guilty. Then we feel ashamed. Then we start to say, well, I'm not like them other people. They seem to be free, but I was an awful sinner. I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters. Let's just be honest. All are sinners. And all of a past. But the blood, the same blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me and you from all sin. And God says, I don't recall your sin. I have no record of it. Not good. Anyone happy about that? Come on, some of you big debtors this morning, you should be shouting the most. Don't pretend that you weren't that bad. I know some of what you were like. You know what I was like, but praise God this morning, you're free. No record. Castle Ray might have a record, but heaven's no record. I'll remember, I'll never recall to mind your sin. And then it says no. Would you say no? Do you know this? That was good. See, see this, this Greek word here. Now we, we do this. We make our own language up in, in this country. We say, and it's not good grammar, but 
I, I know I said, so I'm going to just say it. Have you ever heard someone saying, didn't he not say that? That's <laughs> not good grammar, right? But it's, it's a double negative. Nikki says to me, that's a double negative. You're not supposed to say it. So you say, didn't he not do that? Didn't he not say that? Didn't he not say, who says that? Anyone talk like that? Just, you don't understand. <laughs> didn't he not? But it's okay. Just keep saying it. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't try to polish yourself up. Don't do it. Just be yourself. Talk the way you want to talk. Don't try and make it something different. Just talk the way you talk. Didn't he not, Stephen? Didn't you not say that? <laughs> it's not not right. There you go. There's an orange double negative. I'm sure you have them all. <laughs> you can write your own dictionary, Stephen. Didn't he not? That's a double negative. See this here, no, in the Greek? It's a double negative strengthening the denial. No, never will I. I will never, no, never will I recall your... God's trying to enforce something into our simple minds. I will never, no, never recall your sin. Isn't that lovely? Never, never do it. In our wee country, we of course have those double negatives. But the one that's important is the one in heaven. Never, no, will I recall your sin. Why do we allow the devil to do it? Why do we allow man to do it? Here's the thing that's important. Why do we do it ourselves? Why do we do it ourselves? Remember no more. Know what that means? Henceforth, hereafter, anymore, now, and from this point on, I will never, not once, recall to my mind your sin. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Never, never. Here's the reality of why. I'll never bring your sin up. I'll never accuse you. I'll never remind you of it. I'll never condemn you because of it. Why? Why would he never do that? Why is it that God would never do that? Here's why. When Jesus hung on the cross and there was a darkness that came over the land and he cried, the sixth cry was Eli, Lama, Sabathani. Why? My God, why have you forsaken me? After this was the final and seventh cry on the cross. What was it? It is finished. And he gave up the ghost. Praise God, he ascended after his resurrection on the third day. He ascended up to heaven. And this is what it says. When he was on that cross, God made him to be sin for us. The darkness that came was the moment you know, we sing that song, the Father turned his face away. I'm not sure what happened in all of the eternal Godhead, but as the darkness fell and the sin, Christ became sin for us. When he became sin, I don't know how we can ever grasp that. How can we ever take that in? At that moment, my sin, I wasn't born, but my sin and all that I'd have accumulated in my life, and all the rebellion and every sin that I ever did was placed upon the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why there was a darkness. 
And Christ cries from the cross, My God, why have you forsaken me as the sin of humanity is placed upon the Lamb, the perfect Lamb of God? And he hangs on the cross, and through his death, he became sin. My sin was placed upon the Lamb. And the Father at that moment as Christ, because God hates sin, we see Christ hanging on that cross as the sacrificial Lamb of God. The Bible tells us that we are made the righteousness of God and Jesus. So when he rose triumphant, when he ascended into heaven, this is what the Bible says, that God has highly exalted him and give him, that is Jesus, a name which is above every name. When he ascended, when he raised Christ from the dead, he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named. He's worthy this morning. Not only in this world, but in the world to come. He's put everything under the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. What a Savior! The Father highly exalted the Son. His name is Jesus. Now here's the important thing. Why? Why would he never recall again my sin and yours? Here's why. Hebrews 9, it says this. That Christ, verse 11, Hebrews 9 and 11, but Christ being come a high priest of the good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves. Here's the key. This is important. But by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now grasp this this morning. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, highly exalted, enters in. What an entrance. What a moment in eternity when Christ who had left the splendor of heaven came into this sin-sick world, was born of a virgin. Him, God's Son, God's only begotten Son, lived that sinless life and made the choice He was obedient unto death to die your death and my death and to take my sin and your sin on the cross. And when he rose triumphant the third day over the grave and over the devil and the powers of hell, the Father highly exalted him up in glory and he entered into the holy place not with the blood of bulls and goats, but as Peter tells us, with the precious blood of a lamb, Jesus Christ, he entered in with the blood, his own blood, of an everlasting covenant. And when the Father seen the blood, I'll never remember your sin again. Why? Because to remember your sin that's been washed in that blood would discredit the finished work of the cross and the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and he'll never do it. There he stands in victory with the blood of an everlasting covenant to recall to his mind the sins that have been washed in his blood, his atoning blood, his son's blood. When I see the blood 
I will pass, I will pass. Do you know the chorus? When I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. You see, there's an everlasting blood up in the holy place this morning. And when the Father looks at that blood, all my sins are under that blood this morning. And I'm a free man. There's no longer any condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And I'm the blessed of God this morning. And my sins, which were many, have been all washed away. So choices are important. Everything becomes new. God has given man the ability. You know, I can't tie it all together. I'm not going to try to. I believe that God is absolutely and totally sovereign. But he has given every one of you and me on this planet a free choice. If I could tie it all together, I'd be God. But I can't. And if anyone tells you they can I'm just going to let you into a secret. They can't. He is absolutely sovereign. He knows the beginning to the end. But he's given every man and woman, a boy and girl, a choice in this room. He's given every Christian. I make a choice. I make a choice to serve God. I make a choice to come and to give my thanks around the table of the Lord. I make a choice to praise Him. I make a choice to pray. I make a choice to align my life with the Word of God. I make a choice this morning whether I'll lift my hands and worship Him. I'll make a choice this morning whether I'll rejoice or not. But He has put a new song in my heart, even praise unto my God. So I make a choice. Choose you this day whom you'll serve. Whether the gods of your fathers that served, that were on the side of the flood, the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but as for me, Joshua said, in my house we're going to serve the Lord. You see, you make a choice, don't you? And your choices have an effect on your children and your children's children. They really do. You know, I often think he's not here so I can mention him of Brent, who sits in this front row, who was abandoned, I know everybody knows his story, who was abandoned at six months by his mother, never knew his father, his mother did not want anything to do with him, brought up in care homes, foster homes, and we all know his testimony, I know he won't mind me saying it. He's enough reason, he's enough reason, he has enough reason. The world would say, Brent, you have enough reason to be bitter, cynical, skeptic, you have enough reason to be going through a whole roller coaster of everything. But the one thing that I can remember that I just said to him on that day was Brent at 27. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say to that man. But all I knew is this here. Brent, your life is a sum total of your sin. And it's your sin that separated you from God. Many of us know the story of Brent and how he comes through and how he needed support and love. I'm not saying we don't need that and we don't need encouragement and counsel and prayer at times. I'm not saying we don't need that. But we've seen the power of a new birth that lifts a man out of the power of darkness, brings him into the light of God's Son. And you make a choice. Everyone has enough, to, enough reason this morning probably to be bitter. Because of this happened, that happened. But you make a choice what you do with that. You make a choice whether you're going to get up and get on with God and align yourself to His Word. Otherwise, we'll all sit bitter. But we'll make a choice, don't we?
And so you choose. You know, Elijah came to that mountain. God's people. Elijah said to the people, how long will you halt between two opinions? Do you know, if God's God, serve God. If God's real, serve him. If Jesus saved you, serve Jesus. But if you want to serve the devil, this is what Elijah said, then go and serve the devil. That's what he said. He was a straight preacher. He didn't mix his words. If you want to, there's no in-between, by the way. I know I've said it often. You can have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. That's actually a myth. It actually is a myth. And maybe it's a myth we should dispel from our conversation, my conversation. I've said it. Because there's no such thing as one foot in the church and one foot in the world. You're either for God or for the devil. That's what Elijah said. You want to serve the devil, Beal? Then go and serve the devil. But I'm going to serve God. That's what he said. What a preacher. We need the spirit of Elijah on our pulpits all across the land again, don't we? What breaks the perpetual cycle of destruction and sin in any life and in every life is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make the choice to obey. Blessing. It's blessing. If you make the choice to disobey, it is curse. Choose Jesus. And this is what happens. When you choose Jesus, and I'll close with these verses, Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Are you blessed? Come on, are you blessed? Are you blessed this morning? Blessed because of Jesus. Blessed because of what he's done. Blessed because of the blood this morning. Blessed with a new song and new garments of praise. Blessed with breath in your body. You're blessed with a right mind this morning. You're blessed with health and strength this morning. You're blessed because your name's written in heaven. You're blessed. Aren't you blessed? Well, then let's thank him this morning. Make the choice. I'll make a choice this morning. As for me. And I know it's the same for you. We're going to serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to be washed in the blood. Let's stand together. Let's thank him this morning. If you're washed, make the choice. Make the choice to thank him. Wonder could we thank the Lord just for a few moments this morning. Your sins are washed this morning. Praise the Lord. Washed in the blood. Washed in the precious blood. Cleansed this morning.